Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. And the man and his wife, they hid themselves. Why? Because they were ashamed. They hid themselves, here's the key phrase, from the presence of the Lord. And that's what sin does. It breaks the fellowship that we have with Almighty God. with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church, a multi-site church in the western suburbs of Chicago. We're in a series that's called Doctrine, and uh, let's be honest, Ron, you're not pulling any punches here. Yeah, we've been talking about the doctrine of Jesus, the Trinity. I mean, we're looking at so many different things. Today, we've got the doctrine of human depravity. I'm talking about sin. So I'm telling you, man, this is something that every single person who ever walked the face of the earth has struggled with. It's that we have a tendency, it's innate in us because of the fall, Genesis chapter 3, that we want to rebel against God instead of following close to him. So how do you deal with it? What's the cure? These are the things I'm going to answer for us today. All right, well, let's get right into it today. Our message is called The Doctrine of Sin. Here's Pastor Ron. Start with this before we get moving. What is sin? Sin is rebellion against God. That's what it is. The Genesis chapter 3, it's where to start. It's the first sin. Look at verse 1. Now the serpent, the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Question, did God create sin? No, God didn't create sin, but God created the opportunity for sin as he has given us all the choice to sin. That's very important. End of verse 1. The serpent says this, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. She says it, but God say you shall not eat of the fruit of the garden, the tree in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. She gets it right. But the serpent said to the woman, look up at verse four, he said, you will not surely die. He's lying. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, verse six, interesting, isn't it that Satan always appeals to our senses, doesn't he? She saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she ate. There it is. You know, it's just too bad. It's just too, too bad that Adam wasn't around to help her. Well, where was he? Look at end of verse six. He's there. Sometimes we miss it. He was right there. And this thing went down on his watch. Theologians tell us there's two kinds of sin. There's sins of commission. That's Eve. And there's sins of omission. Who's that? Adam. Adam failed to do what he was created to do, to serve his wife in a way that protected her. She got fooled. I'm not minimizing what happened. All I'm saying is it does happen. And they got deceived. Sin brings forth severe consequences. You say, what consequences does it bring? Well, let me go ahead and give you at least five that I see right here in the text. Look with me at verse 7. It says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. The consequence of sin, right here, first one, it's guilt and shame. Their eyes were open, not for the good. Second thing, 
What does this do? Sin brings forth guilt and shame. This is the worst one. It says in verse eight, let's identify it together. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. And the man and his wife, what did they do? They hid themselves, here's the key phrase, from the presence of the, what does it say? And that's what sin does. It breaks the fellowship that we have with Almighty God. Here we see it clearly in the text. What else does sin bring? It brings fear. Look at verse nine. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Now how many people think that God knew the answer to that question? Raise your hand. And look at the answer in verse 10. I heard the sound of you in the garden. Here it is. I was afraid. Why? Because I was naked and I hid myself. Why? Because I was, I was ashamed. I felt the guilt and embarrassment. Here we see the first time that an individual disobeyed God, that an individual did not trust God. Distrust, disobedience, here we see it leading to much fear. Look at verses 11 and 12. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? I call it blame shifting. Look at Adam. The man said, the woman who you gave to me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. God, it's not my fault, it was hers. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I, I ate. He deceived me. But here's the big one. Just go ahead and write down curse. This is the fifth consequence. But let's look at verse 16. Here's the curse to the woman. To, to the woman, he said this. I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. Look at the end of verse 16. This is the more difficult translation. It says, your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. What God is doing, he's cursing the woman. He's saying, you're a daughter of Eve and what's that all about? It's like this. Women have a tendency to come on too strong. That's truth. Too strong. Too talkative. Sometimes it's not like fierce, like, you know, like let's go to bat. Sometimes it's God works through or this curse has worked through the personality of the woman. And sometimes what happens is it comes across as manipulative. My mom could manipulate us so much we didn't even know it. She'd get us to do stuff and it's just like, whoa, how did this happen? And I say that now. She, she was just, she didn't even know it. I think some of you may be falling into the same trap and you don't even know it. Why? Because you're a daughter of Eve. And the curse is that you have a tendency to try to control things. That's sin because you're not trusting God with it. That's what the scripture's saying. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it because it says it here and because I believe it to be true. Because I've witnessed it. I've been in enough counseling sessions where I've seen it happen a lot. And, and you don't even know it. Well, Ron, what about the man? Well, we're getting to him. The consequences of the curse. Look what it says in verse 17. And to Adam, he said this. Because you have listened to the voice of your wife. He's saying, you didn't stand up for. The snake was talking to you. You should have said something. You, you were right next to her. You failed to protect her. What's he saying to him? He's saying, because you've listened to the voice of your wife and you've eaten of the tree of which I told you, I commanded you that you shall not eat of it. He said, curse is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of 
of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall not eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. There's a lot there. He said to Eve, you know what? You can be too hard. You can come on too strong. He's saying to Adam, you know what your problem is? You're too soft, boy. You just kind of stand back and let everything kind of happen. And you have a tendency to just abdicate your leadership and your responsibility. That's what he's saying to him. You, 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 you didn't stand up. You're coming on too soft. And I see it. I'm not talking about some kind of strong-haired leadership. I'm talking about the love that comes as a result of what? A husband inserting himself with his role in responsibility, in love. That's what I'm talking about. And, and why don't we do it? Because we've been cursed. What's wrong with the people down the street? I'll tell you what's wrong with them, the curse. I don't have to go in their house to know what's going on. It comes in different forms. It looks different because God works through different personalities and the curse has affected us all. But in every home in the United States and in the world, there's a tendency for the woman to come on too strong and the man to be too soft. Back away. Honey, we got charged an extra $55 on the AT&T bill. Here's the phone. Can you call and deal with it? I do it all the time. You argue with that stupid person from customer service. I don't want to do it. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We, we back away. Keep listening to our message titled The Doctrine of Sin right here when High Point with Ron Zappia continues. You can request a copy of this message on CD when you call 844-HP-RADIO. We'll be back for more from Pastor Ron in a moment. What's the high point of your week? This is Ron Zappia, lead pastor of High Point Church, and our hope for you is that encountering God is the high point of your week. That's why I want to personally invite you to come to a weekend service at any of our campuses. We're a simple church with one desire to help you believe in Jesus, belong to Jesus, and become more like Jesus. So if you're looking for a church where you can truly call home, where you can take your faith to the next level, come check out High Point Church this weekend. The worship is passionate. The preaching is biblical and relevant to your life, all to help you get to the next level in your faith. We have campuses conveniently located in Naperville, Bolingbrook, and North Aurora, and there's a spot just for you. I hope you'll join us this weekend to reach a new high point in your faith. For service times, directions, and other resources from Pastor Ron Zappia of High Point Church, head online to www.highpoint.church. That's www.highpoint.church. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappia in the fourth message in our Doctrine series. You can watch the videos, subscribe to our podcast, and listen online when you go to High Point Ministries. Com. Let's continue with more important teaching from Ron Zappia. And part of the curse for the man, he just said, he said, you know what? That land of which you used to be eating off for nothing, that land that used to work for you, you are going to work for it. Can we get the picture here for a moment? I mean, they were on a cruise, man. They were on a cruise ship. You know those kind where like everything is paid for? And I'm telling you, it's all the food you can eat. I've never been on a cruise. I could be on a cruise right now, but Adam screwed it up. <laughs> I mean, they, he, they, they had everything, man. And now he's saying, you know what? It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. 
And then the biggest thing here that comes. He said, you're going to return to the ground. What's he talking about? You tell me. He's talking about death. Just had one of my best friends. Just uh, He flew back yesterday. He was in a fun- at a funeral. His best friend that he knew from what? From since they were in grade school. Died of cancer. He lives behind as a young man, a family, and a wife. But I'm going to tell you this. As my friend John stood at the casket, and as he spoke at the funeral, and anytime you go and you see a casket, you're at a funeral, you hear about a death, would you stop it for a moment? The result, why is it happening? It's because of sin. It wasn't supposed to be like this. But this is the question. You say, well, why death? Well, why, does it, why does it have to be death? Like, what's the deal? Well, I, I wrestled with that, and I'm telling you, I think I came to this. Why God had to cause us to die it was really the greatest act of love, which we don't see it that way. You say, Ron, what do you mean? Because living in this sinful condition forever, it's not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for mankind. God put an end date on it about 80, 90 years. Maybe for some. Sooner for others. Why? Because he doesn't want me to live in this sinful state forever. He doesn't want that. This is what theologians, they tell us. We've shot the term out. It's the depravity of man. Turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Keep your finger in Genesis chapter 3. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says this. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, who was the man? Adam. What did it bring? And death, there it is, through sin. So what did death do? It spread to all men because all sin. Here we have the verse, key New Testament passage, in a series on doctrine. Write down Romans 5, 6, and 7. Romans chapter 1, let me, pre- let me get you caught up. Romans chapter 1 is that what? That Gentiles sin. Romans chapter 2, that Jews sin. Romans chapter 3, we all sin. Romans chapter 4 and 5, God has made a provision for sin. Like sin, human depravity. It's imputed, it's inherited, both in nature and both by choice. We're not as good as we think that we are. A.W. Tozer says, there is within the human heart a tough, fibrous root of fallen life whose nature is to possess, always to possess. It covets things with a deep and fierce passion. The pronouns my and mine look innocent on paper, but their constant and universal use is significant. They express the real nature of the old Adam, better than a thousand volumes of theology could ever do. They are verbal symptoms of our deep disease. The roots of our hearts have grown down into things and we dare not pull up one rootlet lest we die. Things have become necessary to us, a development never originally intended. God's gifts now take the place of God, and the whole course of nature is upset by the monstrous substitution of sin. Is that it? Thankfully, no. Last point, God has made provision for sin. Flip back over to Genesis chapter 3. He made provision for Adam and Eve. 
He makes provision for us. Write down in your notes the word grace. First time we see it clearly in verse 21 of Genesis chapter 3. I've heard people say grace is not in the Old Testament. Have you read through Genesis? It says, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. He could have said, Go find the nearest mall. Deal with your embarrassment and shame on your own because you deserve it because you didn't listen to me. Get out of here. He didn't do that. He even gave them skins, which implies that something was killed, that blood was shed. It always is. First time. Why? Scripture says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 said we'd get back to it. Let's do it now. It's the grace for you and I. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. What is he saying here? God's saying this to the snake. Let's remember. And he says, I'm going to put enmity. What is that? That's not a word that we use a lot. It means hatred or hostility. He says, I'm going to put enmity between you, the snake, and the woman. The snake represents Satan. The woman is, represents all of mankind. And between your offspring, whose is that? The snake's. That means all that are going to be unbelievers and her offspring, which is what? Which is those that will believe. And here it is right here. The prophetic voice shouts and screams to us. He, underline circle that, capitalize it in your Bible. He, who's it referring to? He's talking about Jesus. He shall bruise your head. What he's saying is he's going to kick, knock your block off, kick your head in. You say, when? Revelation chapter 19, 20, 21. You can read about it this week. It will happen. But then it goes on to say, and you shall bruise his heel. So that gives us the now. And there's going to be trouble. He did bruise his heel. The enemy did appear to bruise the son, Jesus. But he didn't take him down. He rose from the grave. And we're not living in the world that will be for eternity. There will be a new world. I remember so clearly. I was a brand new dad with my first. Jody went out of town for a women's conference. I was at home on the phone upstairs in our house in Arlington Heights. I was in what we had a spare bedroom that was an office, and I was looking into the nursery, which was the smaller room that I had painted blue. And then when we found out that it was a girl, I painted little lambs and did the little sponging. Do you still do that now? And did the sponges, and then I painted a pink bow around the lamb's neck. And just a little heads up for those expecting parents. Dads, get to work. But I was on the phone, and I was actually doing some ministry, talking to someone. And out of the corner of my eye, I looked, and I saw the lambs, and I saw the wall, and I saw what appeared to be a crayon or something that Allie had as she was kind of painting on the wall. 
And so I thought to myself, I'll take care of it later. This is important. That wasn't a good decision. Ten minutes later, I got off the phone, and as I began to smell something quite unique, I realized that both hands were working on the lambs now, and both hands were smearing something that appeared to be crayon. It wasn't crayon. It was what you think it was. The diaper was off, and it was all over the place. And I'm just like, Ellie! And then I thought to myself, Jody, where are you? She was long gone, not to return for two days. <laughs> the thing that I remember the most is, is the smile on Ellie's face. <laughs> and as I got closer, it, it got bigger. And that's the same smile that we have when we're playing with stuff that's not good for us. And we're, we got our hands dirty with things. And sometimes I'm telling you, man, I, like we don't even know it. And we're engaging in behavior. We're doing stuff that is not good for us. I got a picture that day. You know what the picture was? I got a picture. I'm telling you, God's given it to me for a lifetime. I felt what God feels. Because I thought to myself, and as I think back on this story, it's just like, it's just like, how can you do that? It's so messy and so dirty. And we do the same. We hope that you gain wisdom and insight today here on High Point with Ron Zappia. We're coming to you from High Point Church in Naperville, Illinois, but you can watch the video for this message when you visit highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, you talked a lot today about the seriousness of sin, and you talked about the need for a Savior. And I bet there's somebody listening today who's wrestling with their need for a Savior. Yeah, and you know what? It's all about this. I mean, it results in guilt. See, our sin brings guilt upon us, and we begin to doubt, we begin to question, and man, that's no place to live. Jesus wants to remove the guilt of sin from your life. I mean, this is the truth. I mean, the presence of sin, it's going to be with us for our entire lives here on earth. The power of sin, it can be broken. The penalty of sin. I mean, Jesus wants to take that away for you. For He wants to take that away right now. So what do you need to do? All you need to do is make the decision to follow Christ, accept his work on the cross for yourself personally. How do you do that? Well, it's simple as ABC. A, you admit that you're a sinner, that you've done things against God's word, that you've disobeyed his commands, that you haven't lived your life according to his purposes, his plan, his word. So admit that you're a sinner. All of us can simply do that. Second letter is B. B is to believe in Jesus. You need to believe that he is who he said he was. He is God in the flesh. He came to this earth to take your sin away. He went to the cross to pay the penalty of your sin, and he hung on the cross so that you didn't have to. He took away God's wrath. It was all poured upon him on the cross. C, that stands for this, that you would confess. Confess what? That Jesus is your Savior and Lord, not your parents, not um, your friends, not somebody else's, not mine, yours. Take the ownership that he did this for you. If you just pray this simple prayer right now, you can enter into a relationship with him. Father, I thank you for each listener and the gravity of this message, the deep sense in our spirit that we have failed you, God. We have sinned against you. And Father, I pray specifically for those who've never truly come into a relationship with you and admitted and confessed who you are. Lord, 
May they do that in this moment, that we admit that we've sinned. We believe who you said you were, Jesus. You came to this earth to pay our penalty. And we confess right now that you are our Savior and Lord. And we're making a choice today to live a life that's honoring to you. Amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, we'd love to hear from you. So send us a message when you visit highpointministries.com. Just click the contact button and share how this message spoke to you and what God's doing in your life. High Point Ministries is entirely listener-supported, and when you support this ministry financially with a gift of any amount or become a High Point partner by having your monthly giving automated, you're joining with us. You're joining the family who has the same vision and mission to elevate the faith of radio listeners all across the nation. To team with us for a financial gift, just call 844-477-2346 or go online to highpointministries.com. And during the month of November, when you support High Point Ministries with your donation, we're going to send you this month's resource, a 365-day devotional called My Utmost for His Highest. This is such an encouraging resource that's going to jumpstart your faith. It's a must-have for everybody. So no matter how long you've been walking with Christ, this book is for you. Ask for My Utmost for His Highest when you call 844-HP-RADIO or online go to highpointministries.com. You can also include a check in a letter addressed to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. That's P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith, inviting you to join us again Friday for more from our series on doctrine and learn why we believe what we believe. That's right here on High Point with Ron Zappia.